Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And we'll also take Luke 6 and 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Do you know, there's an old story about a man who came to church with his family. And on the way home from church, they were driving and he started to complain that the music was too loud. The sermon was too long. The announcements were unclear. The building was too warm. The people were unfriendly. And he went on and went on complaining virtually about everything that had happened that morning. And his son said, well, Dad, when you think of how much you spent to take us all to the theater last night and look today at what you got for a pound, you can't complain. And you know, there is that attitude sometimes with people. They're quite prepared to go out and spend over 50 pounds on a meal. But God forbid if they're asked to give an extra donation in the house of the Lord. Also heard a story about two men who were, who were marooned, that's hard to say, who were marooned on a desert island. And one of them was really full of anxiety. And for a couple of days, he paced back and forward, worried, scared. And the other man, he just sat back, sunbathing. And the anxious man said to him, are you not afraid? We're about to die. No, said his friend. He said, I'm a successful businessman. And I make 100,000 pounds a week in my business. And I tithe that to the church. He says, so don't worry, my pastor will make sure they find us. <laughs> there you go. That took it away, that one. <laughs> you know, anyone can give. Giving is a simple act where you have felt that I would like to donate or give to that cause. And I'm sure many of us, in fact, everyone here, I'm sure you've been watching something, you've been somewhere, and you've heard of some need. And maybe even as Christians, God has spoke to you while you've prayed, and he's put a need in your heart, and you've did something about it. You've given to that cause. And you know, in serving the Lord, we speak of giving as a way of showing the Lord that we want to return unto him some of the blessings that he has bestowed upon us. I mean, the verse we read from Jeremiah this morning should be enough motive in us to give thanks to the Lord because it's with loving kindness he has drawn us. Not because we deserved it, but because of his loving kindness. <clears throat> what do we give? Well, we go back into the Old Testament, Malachi 3, 7 and 8. It says, even from the days of your fathers, you're gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherein shall we return? 
Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. What God's servant is relaying to the people there, that they had become complacent, that they had began to worry about their houses, to worry about their everyday life. And as each week or as each day went on, they began to care less and less for the Lord. And we spoke last week about how they bring money into the treasury and, and that's the house of the Lord. And so they began to cut back what they were giving into the treasury. They still wanted God's blessings. They still wanted God's power in their lives. They still wanted to claim that, that we are God's people and other nations should recognize them as somebody special. But yet Malachi, give them a home truth. Because you are robbing God because you're withholding from him that which he requested that we give him. And we can ask ourselves, am I a 10 peer or am I a 10 percenter? You see, God says that if you're not giving unto him, you're robbing him. And I believe in tithing and I believe that God says if you're not tithing, you're robbing him. But that's for you to decide between you and the Lord. Because see, the tithe was an expression of gratitude to God by his people. Basic, the tithing was this acknowledgement of God's ownership of everything on earth. I heard a preacher speak about this once. And he said, we don't give God 10%. He gives us 90%. Because it belonged to him in the first place. Our job, our, our source of income is from God. Our wages are from God. And we say, well, I give my 10%. Well, think of it this way. God gives you 90% back. God blesses us with a wage. God blesses us with a, enough finance to get through each day. As I've said, doesn't make us all millionaires, but blesses us so that we have enough. And you know, there are times when the Lord is going to bless his people in a mighty way. But you know something I think he needs to know that they want to fulfill his will and not theirs. And at these times, God requires from his people a sacrifice. You see, we have a big need, and it doesn't have to be financial. We have this big need in our lives. And what we really want the Lord to do is to take it away. Just as we're in the secret place praying, as we're driving along in the car bringing this before the Lord, as husband and wife, we sit together and pray together and ask God, look, take this away. But God is saying, he will use us to take it away. He will bless us. But we need to sacrifice unto him. We need to give unto him. You know, the act of sacrificing unto the Lord, it does not ensure your salvation, by the way. That's already accomplished at Calvary. But it will show God that you love him. It will show God that you trust him by sacrificing unto him, by giving unto him. I said last week, if he's not Lord of your wallet, he's not Lord at all. And so what do we mean by giving a sacrifice unto the Lord? Well, we tithe. But where does our tithe go? I remember conversations with two different brothers in the Lord. And they both had the opinion that it was their tithe. One of them said to me, it's my tithe, so when I get my wage, I give so much to this charity, so much to that charity, and so much to that charity, and fair play to him. We sat down, I showed him the word of God. Showed him that 
the tithe is the Lord. If you want to give the charities, that's alms. That's over and above the, over and above the tithe. And he began to tithe. His heart was open. But then I spoke to another brother, and it was his money, and he would do with it what he wanted. And God would bless him because if he seen someone in the street with a need, he would wrap their door and give them some money. And if he seen some other need, he would give them that money. And could not convince him that it's not his to give. Your gift unto the Lord belongs to the Lord. And like I've said, we don't give the Lord 10%. He gives us 90 and only keeps 10 himself. I don't think it happens today. But I remember when I was working, when I first started working, you got home and you turned to vote in your pay packet. <laughs> Do your mommy seen it? But I wasn't too bad, and I must admit, but I know friends that their parents would have taken it off them and give them back what they thought was enough to get them through the week. And that was right. That was their input into the home, by the way. You know, when you're old enough to earn a wage, you're old enough to help your mom and dad. And any young people here, you should consider that. You see, we sacrifice. <clears throat> As I said, as an act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else more important or worthy. Now think about that. I want to repeat that. Sacrifice, uh, we sacrifice in the act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else more important or worthy. More important or worthy. God's work is more important. There's nothing wrong with having a few pounds and saving a few pounds to go on holiday. Saving up if you want to get a bit of work done in the house. Nothing wrong with that. But when God calls you to make a sacrifice... Are you willing to say, well, the work that I want to do in the house can hold off for a week or two? You see, that's what sacrifice is. It's not just putting in what you can give. It's putting in actual sacrifice. And it's not just financial. Get sacrificing your time. Sacrificing your talent. Giving up your time. When you come home from work, you've just had your dinner. If you're like me, you fall asleep. And in and around six o'clock. That's why I never watch the news. I'm never awake long enough. But getting up and going to church that night, sacrificing your time, getting up and going to do whatever it is God has called you to do, go to prayer, go into your study if you have a study and, and, and read the word of God. It has to be a sacrifice, giving up of something because you, you, you see something else is more important or more worthy. And it means that anything given up in this way is given as a deliberate loss without a desire of remuneration. Without a desire, we'll deal with that in a moment, how we're told we can get remuneration tenfold. You see, the easiest way to get someone to give is to ensure today there is a return. In many pulpits, people will stand there and they'll say, our gift day is the 1st of October and whatever you give to the Lord is going to get back. Ten. If you give a thousand pound, God's going to give you 10,000 pound. Church, that's not what the word of God says and I won't preach it. God will bless you. There is a return if you give on to the Lord. The return might be the growth of this church. The return might be a blessing in your life. The return might be God saying that you're prepared to sacrifice your time, your talent, and your tithe, that he'll open a door of ministry for you. Blessings come in different ways. They're not all financial, church. They're not all financial. There's things we'd like in life. We desire in life. 
I want a Mitsubishi Shogun if anybody wants to buy me one. But you know something, I can't afford it, so I'm not going to get it. And I don't expect God to buy it for me. I don't seek remuneration from the Lord. I seek to bless the Lord. Like I said last week, God wants a willing heart. He doesn't want a wanting heart. Sacrifice means, also like I've said, it's more than finance. It's sacrificing time to pray for thanksgiving. Sacrificing your time as penitence, as propitiation. That if you feel you've went on the wrong road, you've done the wrong thing, you've said the wrong thing, then you show God your love, you show God your remorse by sacrificing your time and spending time in prayer before the Lord. We all know theologically the greatest sacrifice of all was Christ offering himself on the cross. And we know that Jesus in his earthly ministry was a great example of someone who sacrificed for others. And therefore, as his disciples, truly then, as his disciples, sacrifice should be to us second nature. Because giving is not an instinctual attribute for human beings. We're naturally covetous. And therefore, we have to learn to give. Learn to trust God. And if you just step out in faith and give to the Lord, you will see that God will bless you. You will see that maybe you won't have the Mitsubishi Shogun in your driveway. But you know what? You don't need it. God's blessing is on your life. And we learn by giving unto the Lord in tithes and offerings, and then we will see how he blesses us for this. And he does bless us tenfold, but not always monetarily. He does bless us a hundredfold, but not monetarily. There's a verse that is used quite often. And I don't want to go off, my, my, off the rant here, but... Matthew 19, 29, everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. And I've heard many take this verse and say, there's your proof, the prosperity gospel, there's your proof. I would suggest you actually read the chapter because what's happening here, Jesus was answering Peter. Peter and the disciples were talking to the Lord and they were, Peter was emphasizing how much they've all give up. What, how much of a sacrifice they've all made to follow him. And so Jesus, in getting a, a question or a, a, a statement from Peter on behalf of the disciples, has replied to them, to the disciples was, whatever you give up, you will receive a hundredfold. But he didn't tell them in this life. Because they all died, poor men. Horrible deaths, actually, if you, if you look at that up sometime, the, the deaths of the disciples died. And so this wasn't a promise to every Christian from Jesus that whatever you give, you're going to get a hundredfold back. You see, church, you need to read the verse in context. You need to look at the preceding verses, the following verses, and see exactly what the, the situation that was going on, what was said, and Jesus' reply. And what was said was, we're sacrificing everything. We des Peter was more or less telling Jesus, we deserve this. We deserve your blessings. Think of what we're giving up. And he did. He walked away. There's no real proof, but they say he walked away from wife and family to follow the Lord. And you can near enough assume that's what he did. 
But was he looking a medal for it? Because Jesus says, whatever you've given up in this life, that's what Jesus is telling him, in the life to come, you'll be richly blessed. Because if we read it, he said that they will sit and judge the nations alongside him. But read that for yourself in Matthew 19. He says, I've said, giving has to be learned. A process wherein we give unto the Lord and we will receive his blessings. They were blessed. Certainly persecuted, but they were blessed. They were blessed because they actually seen Almighty God manifest in flesh. They seen the miracles that he did. They heard his wisdom. They had his teaching. There'd have been no greater blessing since our Lord appeared on earth than that. To actually spend time with Jesus. And great will be their reward. Paul had the right attitude. For he talked about cast my crown before you, Lord. Some were looking at him maybe and saying, look at everything that Paul's done. If you read that chapter, I can't remember, it's in Acts 11 or something where he talks about, or is it in 1 Corinthians, about being shipwrecked, being in prison, being left for dead. All these things. If anybody deserved a medal, Paul did. But Paul said he would cast his crown before that. He knew what sacrifice was all about and the blessing would come in eternity. We will receive blessing. And those around us, our children, our family, our friends, they will see the provision of the Lord in our lives. Read the story of Joseph. Joseph, because of the blessings of God upon him, Egypt was blessed. And obviously his family, Israel, was blessed. Think of Daniel and those that, <coughs> in that kingdom, they were blessed. Why? Because Daniel gave unto the Lord and give his time, his talent, and I'm sure his tithe if they earned any money back then. You see, God blesses us and he blesses those around us because they will see God's blessing in our lives. Remember a good friend of mine in my last job was actually David Kitchen's dad. Him and I were the only two Christians working in that unit. And this guy was sitting one day just chatting casually in the vehicle and he couldn't believe that we give 10% of our wages into the church. He couldn't believe it. But as we began to talk to him and tell him about our lives, although he didn't accept it, but see, that's the world. That's the world. That's someone who hasn't learned to give to the Lord. He hasn't a clue what a blessing it is to serve God. What a blessing it is to show God your appreciation. And you know, obedience like this, giving to the Lord, it changes our attitude. Because when a need, need arises, we actually, instead of thinking, what can I get out of this? We say, what can I give? What can I do? What can I sacrifice to help here my time? My talent, what can I do? Again, the most famous verse probably in the world, John 3, 16, is what God gave. He so loved the world, we looked at that from Jeremiah 31, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, God is a giver by nature, by his nature. And his work is not dependent upon the giving or the stinginess of his people. But his blessings are only poured upon a surrendered and a willing heart. 
You know, many like me pray that God would take away our mortgage. But you know something? God maybe wants you and me to take it away. And he will bless us if we bless him so that we're able to take it away. It's like I said earlier, Lord, take look at this massive need. Take it away. I can't do it. Well, then what's wrong with saying, well, then, Lord, here is my sacrifice. And God will bless that sacrifice. And God will meet that need. You know, if you're any sort of a parent, you not wrap your children up in bubble wrap and solve every problem for them. They have to learn. They have to build character. How do they build character? By you just watching over them and letting them learn. Letting them become an adult. God's no different. God wants us to mature in him, to move from the milk of the word into the meat of the word. His blessings can only be poured upon a surrendered and a willing heart. You know, everything that Jesus did and has done for us has been without a price attached to it. Think of your life. Think of your salvation. How much did it cost you? Nothing financially. Sometimes it does cost. I lost a lot of friends, not through rudeness or anything, just lost contact with them because no longer went where they were going. And I don't see that as a sacrifice, by the way. Although they're good people, but it's better to walk with the Lord. There was no price attached to our salvation. You're blessed with a husband or wife, that's from God. You're blessed with children, that's from God. And at the end of the day, folks, I've said it many times, we're all parents in the house of the Lord. Because all the children are our children. And we watch over them, pray for them and teach them. And I guarantee you, if you look at your life, you'll see that the Lord has met your spiritual needs and has met your every need. And God is not looking for profit. He's not looking for gain. Next 20, verse 35, it says, I have showed you all things, how so that laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give and to receive. Why? Because giving brings more blessing, happiness, excitement, fulfillment, and satisfaction than all the accumulation of all the wealth of the whole world. In fact, a very well-known verse is Matthew 16, 26. What did the prophet of man who begins a whole world and loses soul? When you're looking for your blessings in your life, you're more valuable to God than all the wealth in this world. It's a wonderful thing to think. We spoke the other week that he wants to spend eternity with you. And that's how much he values you, more than all the wealth of this world. But the problem today, there are people in churches who are prepared to give the gift of affirmation to others. They're prepared to give the gift of encouragement to others. They're even prepared to give the gift of forgiveness to others. Well, those they like. The gift of appreciation to others, and again, those they like. The gift of friendship to others, the gift of kindness to others. But what they need to be prepared to do is to give to the one who deserves the best of what we have. They're not prepared to sacrifice, they're prepared to give. And that's fine, commendable. But are they prepared to sacrifice? Because it means that they will have to give up something that they hold most dear. 
They might have to wait on what they want because of sacrifice. And this the church has inherited from our forefathers. In Haggai 1, 7 to 9. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build a temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts? Because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Again, repeating what Malachi said. God's people done this because they live for the present, they live for the here and now. They sing their neighbors and how they were prospering and how their houses were beginning to look nice. And they began to want the same and they began to neglect the house of the Lord. They desired to build bigger houses and bigger barns and increase their wealth. And we go into Luke 12, very well-known parable. Jesus said, take heed, beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, the ground of a certain man, a rich man, yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do since I have no room to, no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. From <clears throat> then those whose things be which you have provided, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. You know, that's a parable, folks, but can I tell you a real event? My last job, I was driving one of the senior management from my job. And real nice guy, and very pleasant, talked away to you. And he's looking forward to retirement. <clears throat> and he called everybody kid, but like Martin McCrory. And he said, kid, you know what? I can't remember, nor a couple of months, a couple of weeks. He says, I'm retiring. He says, I'll have a good pension because I've worked hard and I deserve it. And he says, I'm going to be out on the golf course. And I'm going to go on my holidays, me and the wife. I'm going to take my grandchildren. And all these things he had planned. And you know something, very sadly, he was retired about three days and he took a heart attack on the golf course and died. And all this, and this parable came to my mind when I heard about his death. Preparing for this life. And like us all, and feel horrible for the man and for his family. They were looking forward to this good life that they were going to have with dad not having to work anymore, granddad taking them away on holidays. This preparation was the preparation for the wrong life. Sobering thought, isn't it, folks? Are we preparing for this life or the future life? Are we acquiring the things that will rust and fade away? Don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with hitting a golf ball or on a golf course. Nothing wrong with taking your grandchildren away. But where are we storing up our treasures? In this life or the life to come? The things of this life are more important than building the kingdom of God. You see, Lord, Lord, church, the Lord has given us a task, all his church, not just Glenmagan Church of God, not just churches of God in Ireland. The Lord has given his church a task. 
And he has given us safety to complete the task, as he said, the gates of hell will not prevail against us. And he has given us a promise that he will return and receive his church unto himself, that we may reign with him throughout eternity. And all churches have been given a twofold task to go out and seek the lost. And the churches are doing that. And should Jesus tarry, we want to train our young people for discipleship. And we want to do that too. To build this city in a hill. Matthew 5 and 13. You are the light of the world. A city that is sat on a hill cannot be hidden. You see, God is going to use his church in a mighty way. Because I believe broken hearts will be mended. I believe lives will be restored. I believe with all my heart that the blind will see, the deaf will hear, and the lame will leap for joy. I believe in the healing power of God. And what a privilege that God is going to pour out his spirit upon the young of the flock and of the old. And I believe that for us to show the Lord that we mean business, then we need to start a sacrifice of our time, our talent, and our tithe, or our money, whatever way you want to put it. We need to seek the Lord. You know, I believe with all my heart that fasting and prayer is needed today. And I'm not going to go on to another sermon, but look around you folks. I was preparing a little thought about what's my motto of the night. Looking at organizations like the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum, different forums that's arising today and what they're planning. The enemy is busy. And we need to get into fasting and prayer, especially for our children, but we'll deal with that one if that one prepared. Your time. Lord, I want you to fill this church. I want you to fill Garnival Presbyterian. I want you to fill the church of God in the shankle. Well, and you know what? Get into the prayer room. Show God you're serious. Show the Lord you're serious. Fasting and prayer. I'm not going to call for a fast from the platform. This is something I believe that you should want to do, not because someone asked you to do it. But Lord, there's such a desire in my heart instead of the quick five minutes before I go to sleep, I'm going to set aside a time, even if I have to set a stopwatch to ensure that I'm in there for whatever time you're going to set for yourself. Because you need to learn to pray, folks. The disciples needed to learn to pray. But I'm going to sacrifice my time, Lord. I'm going to... I'm not the greatest of fasters, Lord, but I'm going to fast one meal. And then as I learn to fast, I'll fast two meals, and then I'll learn to fast for a day. But I'm going to seek you, Lord. I'm going to sacrifice my time, not for a medal, but to show God, we need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, in my life. I need you, Lord, in my ministry. What about our talents? I'm going to give my talents to the Lord. Brother, I don't have any. You do have talents. And we want to train people. Should the Lord tarry, we're going to need people to work in this desk back here. Thank God for young Cameron, but when we're worshiping, do you know Cameron's jumping from sound to the overhead? People in here, sitting here in front of me, can work the computer and put the songs up. See, Peter, you can't wheel train you. Young, young men and young women, if you're interested in helping in the sound desk, See, Pastor Peter, 
Brother Dave McCauley, our site maintenance guy, they'll train you. Give God your talent and God will bless it. And as, as he tarries, and no fogies like me disappear, there'll be someone to take up the mantle and carry on God's work. But you can only do this, folks, when you sacrifice your time and your talent. Because you're telling, I know that you, Lord, are going to accomplish such what you have started. When you sacrifice, you're saying, Lord, I want me and my family to be part of your blessing. You're telling the Lord, I'm not doing this, Lord, for financial return or public acclamation or applause. I'm doing this because I want to see the kingdom of God expanded. And when we give this gift day, folks, make it a sacrifice. Because it will go into the house of the Lord. We'll not get a pay rise out of it, I can assure you that. It'll go into God's work. You're letting the Lord know, I want the world to see that Jesus is Lord of our lives here. Lord of this church. Lord of this country of ours. And always remember that saying, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Or the other one is where your heart is, your feet will follow. God is calling for a sacrifice. Calling his people to give on to him. He'll, he will meet that need, folks. And I don't mean this irreverently, but he won't meet it with a magic wand and take whatever it is you're praying for away but he'll strengthen you as you seek him in prayer. He'll bless you as you give on to him. He'll anoint you as you give your talent to him. I'll use the elders when I'm speaking to everyone. Well, I'm an elder, I have a ministry. Do you know elders, you can work a computer, you can also do that. You can also lift a chair, as I can and do. And Pastor Peter, no one can question that young man's talent and what he's given to the Lord. And I think that's a good example for other young men and women. Remember that verse as the musicians come back. Give and it will be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you used, it will be measured back to you. Come on, church, give God what he deserves. Just determine that he's Lord of your life and therefore you want to bless him, not seeking reward, but seeking that his kingdom will be extended, that our brothers and sisters will be blessed by what we sacrifice. And you know something? You'll be blessed by what they sacrifice. So let's stand in God's house. Let's worship the Lord.